All right, welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on Sports Talk on a Friday afternoon. Third day of uh, June 2022, along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009. You can tweet the show, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. You can message us on our mobile app, powered by United Bank. A lot of ways to get right on in and through to the program. What are you smiling about as we start things off here well, today? Steve, I, I don't really check Twitter mentions until I, I get ready for the show. Uh, and there is, so if you look online for and you just research Adrian Broaddus, uh, there is a CNN reporter whose name Adrian Broaddus. So often I'll get political jargon in my mentions. And I, I just got one right there. I just got one right now that uh, is calling me out for being a reporter on, on CNN and misreporting something. Uh, I, oh I report on sports in El Paso. What is the Adrian Broadus Twitter handle for CNN? That's a great question. I, let me let me find her. It, it's not an it's not a man. It's a it's a female. Even reporter. better. Yep. Even better. Yeah, yeah. Look look her up. She's a very fantastic reporter. But uh, she does news and I do sports. Is she like Adrienne Broadus? Is that yeah it? exactly? So not Adrian, Adrienne. But I think she says it a- Adrian. I if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yes. If Same I'm not last mistaken. name. Yeah. Like wow. same spelling, except for she doesn't spell her first name like I do. Is it A D R I A N N E? I think it's something like that. Yes, I, I think so. But she's but she's a broadest. Yes, that's right. All right, that's good. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, that that has got to be fun <laughs> when you check your mentions and all of a sudden you get these random people just thinking that. And by the way, here's the funniest part. Okay, when when you go to your Twitter handle, there's a photo of you calling a women's basketball game with headphones on from the Haskins Center. I know. And, okay, I'm sending you the profile of uh, the other Broadus. I, you know what? I bet she, I'll, I'll be honest, Steve, I'm not trying to toot my own ho- horn here, but I bet she chose this Twitter handle because it was, it was uh, dissimilar from mine. Probably right. Although, let me see something for a second here. Now, you've been on Twitter since December of 2011. Okay, she's old. she's been there longer. So she's probably had it even longer than you. Yep. I kind of like hers. I want to steal her her uh her uh username. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um she's been on Twitter since let's see of August of 2010. So she's there longer than you. That's right. Yeah. All right. I like that. Adrienne brought us. CNN correspondent focused on the Midwest. Um, just out of curiosity, let's see how much you guys have in common. She loves greeting cards. Do you? I'll say yes. Yeah. All right. That's good. Um, are you also a four-time Emmy Award winner the way she is? I got to check. I got to check the, I got to check the Rolodex and make sure. Or could that be where the uh, similarities end? (laughs) I think so. I think that's where all the similarities end. (laughs) All right. Well, that's good. I'm happy to hear it. Sounds like fun. Sounds like a good way to start things off. Um, five o'clock is going to be a fun hour for us. Um, Catherine Bolligan, the UTEP soccer coach, has a couple of uh, youth camps coming up this summer. She's going to talk about it at 5. And then at 5.20, Nate Ryan's going to join us. Nate is on his way out, leaving El Paso after three years. He blew in here like a tornado, and him and Deaver pretty much were like um, – I don't know. They, Step they, brothers. They what's that? Like Step Brothers, the they, movie. They are kind of like Step Brothers. That's a good point. They really are. So that's a good way to look at it. 
I was going to say shake and bake, but that's already taken because UTEP's got that with their football team, right? Okay, but I like where you're going with this here. I like Talladega Knights. Yep. I like the Step Brothers too, because I'd like to know which character's which. That'd be kind of fun. Um, anyway, uh, Nate's on his way to San Antonio, and uh, this is his last weekend, so he'll join us in our studios uh, coming up at 520 today. And then Hags at 615 for story time, and then we're off to the weekend. Hey, by the way, um, so next week, Adrian's going to be flying uh, without me for um, – a good chunk of these shows, but a week from today, a week from today, I'm not on and Adrian's not on. So listen to this, okay? Hosting the show for us next Friday in a one-off, one-off meaning you're, you're only going to get him for one show, Duke Keith and Lou Romano. Now that could be... The greatest two and a half hours of sports talk radio in the history of El Paso, because that's coming up next Friday, a week from today. You call you're talking about shake and bake. That's a oh shake and bake right there, Steve. Uh, Lou Romano, Duke Keith, um, polar opposite personalities. Yes, I I need to listen. This is appointment listening. Uh, even though I'll be in California next weekend. That's all right. Uh, you'll be in Cal- you'll be uh, West Coast. I'll be East Coast. We'll both probably be listening to the show because I can't wait to hear. All I know is this: Lou has told me. His mission is to make Duke laugh. I mean, that'll probably happen within the first 30 seconds of the show. I mean, it doesn't take much, right? It really doesn't. They're going to have a field day on the show next Friday. They are definitely. And we need to make sure that Lou continues our story time tradition and gets a story time from Tim. And then I would love to hear Lou react to that as well. I would too. Um, Yes, that is... That is going to be a lot of fun. So that's all coming up uh, on the program when we get the one and only uh, Lou Romano and Duke Keith together for the program. So it's going to be a lot of fun, too. Excited about that. That's a week from today. Meanwhile, last night, Game 1 NBA Finals. I'm going to be the first to tell you that I don't particularly enjoy watching the NBA these days. The style of play is not... Something that um, I, I really dig. Uh, f- first and foremost, there's no offensive sets, and all they do is jack up threes. And when two teams combine for over 83-point shots in one basketball game, uh, and, and that's the norm, by the way, with these two. This is not like this was an unusual outburst of threes. No, that's the norm. 80-plus uh, threes between these two teams. To me, that is really, really difficult to watch. Now, understand... I grew up in the 80s, first the Showtime Lakers, then the Bad Boys, then Jordan's Bulls, then the you know the, the San Antonio, you had the Rockets, you had the Knicks, uh, just different different types of basketball, different era. Okay, this is the new, this is the NBA today, this is what they do. They jack up threes all over the place. Um, that being said, given what the NBA product is today, last night was a pretty entertaining basketball game. It really was, especially in the fourth quarter when the Celtics went nuts and the Warriors couldn't throw it in the ocean. I mean, that's just what happens. And to see Golden State get beat down the way they did on their home floor and just get destroyed in the in the quarter that mattered by Boston, uh, to say it was a surprise is probably an understatement. I don't think everybody expected that to happen. I mean, you might have thought the Warriors could win the game. You just didn't figure it was going to happen that way. 
and the Celtics couldn't miss. They were unbelievable. The Warriors were the polar opposite, and Steph just uh, was on the floor when all this happened. Adrian, um, you know, it was a statement game for the Celtics. They Their statement is they're coming ready to play, and they don't want to see this thing go six or seven. They want to end it sooner and uh, really put a big, big exclamation point on game one last night in that fourth quarter comeback win. Yeah, you know, game one, NBA Finals all on the line. Warriors coasting at one point in the third quarter, and it looked like it was going to get ugly. Like, the Warriors were up by more than 13 points in the third quarter. They were hitting shots left and right, and you got to give a lot of credit to Jalen Brown and how he was just able to keep them within range. Like, they were just in a 10-point range, which was so uh, important for the Celtics. They just hung around, and when it came to the fourth quarter, they They exploded onto the scene. Now, it wasn't Marcus Smart, which was so interesting to me. Marcus Smart struggled when he tried to defend Steph Curry yesterday, and it was more the likes of uh, Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, the other guards Mm -hmm. on the Celtics who really stepped up and helped them out late in the game to, uh, you know, close this one out. Robert Williams, you got to give him a lot of credit for the defense. I get it, Steve. You know, going back to what you were saying as far as how difficult it is to watch at times, you're seeing transition three-pointers early shot clock uh, three-pointers that just frustrate you. It's just not pretty basketball at times, and it can get sloppy. But I think the intensity that we're seeing so far out of the gates in the NBA Finals is at a really, uh, really good peak right now. And I also think that the shot-making ability by these guys is at, a, at an all-time level. And it's very impressive to see how how these guys just go back and forth. The defense is there yesterday. I was impressed by, uh, by a lot of different things. And uh, Celtics run away with it 40 point fourth quarter I mean that's an that, that is a statement win right there 86 three-pointers 86 yeah yeah I mean that's is that basketball you tell me 86 three-pointers is that basketball it's where it's changed it's it's the game now it's it's where it is right now it's not the old school game it's not the game it was even 10 years ago maybe that's why they had 8 million viewers yesterday and not 10 or 12 yeah I, I or I 14 you. or 16 it's it's not pretty to watch. People are turning off their sets. They're not liking this brand of basketball, which is just three-point shot after three-point shot. That's it. It's like, it's like watching the All-Star game from 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and now they've turned that into uh, the NBA Finals. And really, the, the NBA, you know, ter- this is it. This is what NBA basketball has evolved into. And again, I mean, for some people, they love it. Listen, and Celtics fans aren't complaining. They've got a one-game-to-none lead. Um, and I know Warriors fans, they've been used to watching this for years. This is their style, but my goodness, it's, it seems like so many threes are, are, are jacked up all the time. And I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, there's no more offensive sets. And he's right. Because really what they do is they get right in there and they just go, you find the open man, jack a three, go find the other jack a three contested shot, jack a three. That's just it. So, I mean, look at it this way. Okay. Of the. 85 shots the Celtics attempted yesterday. 41 of them were threes, so just about a half of their total field goals were threes. And of the 88 shots the Warriors attempted, 45 were threes, more than half uh, were three-point shots. 
And it just kind of tells you, like, well, I, I guess you can almost look at the box score at times without looking at the final score. You can look at the three point percentage and kind of guess who won the game. I mean, you look at you look at just uh, the shot um, distribution and how the Celtics were able to capitalize in the fourth quarter from beyond the arc. That's what really won them the game. Uh, Golden State shoots forty two percent from beyond the arc at, in their own home, yeah. and they allow Boston to score above fifty percent from three point range. I mean that that's a recipe for losing right there. You win and you die by the three pointer. We see it in college basketball. We are now seeing it at an all time high in the NBA. Yep. Um, now we're just uh, going to see as the se- as this series continues, who can get hot, who can make the three pointers at the right time. And uh, yesterday, I mean, it was an intense game. It just was really won by the three point line when it was all said and done. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. That being said, Celtics have the have the lead. They they've already they've already taken home court away from Golden State. You feel like Golden State will probably win one in Boston the same way that uh, the, you know that the Celtics did last night. You just feel like this is the way the series is going to come down to. I mean, wasn't it a six point game late and then uh, Draymond Green misses a pair of free throws? Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Um, he missed those free throws. Uh, and just to talk real quick about those older uh, Warriors, Draymond Green, uh, Andre Iguodala, who played late in the fourth quarter. The older veterans on Golden State looked really old yesterday, Steve. Not, I'm not talking about Steph Curry. Klay Thompson just can't get past guys anymore. He could still make three-pointers. He could still shed off uh, screens. However, uh, those older veterans on that team looked pretty old yesterday. That's, that's, just the, that's what I kind of thought. I said one tweet out the whole game. One. And it's because Mark Jones, who was filling in for Mike Breen, said with 46 seconds left in a 15-point game that the game might be over. And I'm thinking to myself... Mark, I know you're trying to get people to watch till the very end of the game, but are you really implying that Golden State could go on a 15-0 run in the last 46 seconds to try to tie the game? Seriously? Is, yeah. that, where, is that where we're going? That was ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, ja- whether it's Jones or Jackson, sometimes what they say it's it's pretty uh, is it's pretty outlandish. I'm not a fan of those guys. I like Breen. I think he's one of the best in the game. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Miller is fantastic, and he's he's turned into a, a good uh, color commentator. I don't know. I mean, what'd you pick, Steve? When it was all and and maybe we could ask Jason here. What'd you pick before the series started? Because I didn't know where to side on this one. I kind of just said Celtics in seven, and maybe each game is a coin flip just based on who gets hot from beyond the arc. I said Warriors in six. Then then I went ahead and I uh, had to revise it to the Celtics because of the uh, article I wrote on the former Miners and just basing it on uh, you know what we've seen from Jim Bad News Barnes and Nate Tiny Archibald each winning a ring with Boston and Hardaway not winning a ring with Golden State and same thing for Dave Feidel. So you just based it on that. But no, I picked Warriors in six. I thought that they were going to go and, and they were going to be the most dominant of the two teams. And you know what's amazing to me is that Tatum had a horrible game yeah. yesterday. Jason Tatum, who has pretty much, it's been, if Tatum is on, the Celtics win. If Tatum's off, the Celtics lose. Yesterday, Jason Tatum goes 3 of 17 for 12 points, but they all picked him up. I mean, that was what was so impressive is that he had the worst game of the playoffs and the Celtics still won. That's, that's, that's a big statement right there. I, I thought he kind of played a complete game, Steve, because he, he couldn't make a shot. It looked like he was nervous over there. But he still facilitated and finished the game with 13 assists. So he was involved in the game without having to be that score-first guy that he's known to be. I, I don't know. What do you think, Jason, as far as uh, who would you pick in this series? Anybody but Boston. 
<laughs> Anybody hates, but Boston. He hates Boston. By the way, that voice is uh, is Jason Green, uh, who uh, Craig. Uh, Craig I, so, uh, you know who Jason Green was? Do you remember that? Yeah, he's, he was my former editor at the Prospector. He was. That's right. Uh, Jason Craig, who, by the way, uh, has not properly been introduced. Let's just introduce uh, Jason right now. He sat in on yesterday's show, had to listen to us uh, spew our garbage for two and a half hours. <laughs> he's back here today. What did you learn from yesterday's show? Uh, there's a lot of things that I still have to learn, but, uh, timing, timing and just knowing your spots, like literally you guys are on it and I'm going to catch up super quick. And uh, you still want to do this? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. I'm going to learn. We'll I'm, see if that changes after uh, 630 tonight. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. All right. And by the way, you hate the Celtics. So welcome to the club. Yeah, I, I can't. Who is your, who is your team, Jason? Lake show all day. Oh, okay. Well, so, but I mean... So that's like a bias, right? It's like a bias. I don't know. I mean, you're a, I'm a Knicks fan. I've been in the, oh. in the same conference together forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. So you have to understand, if you're a Knicks fan, you can't root for the Celtics. No, Vice no. versa. You can't do that. Lakers, I mean, this this really probably, this animosity, if you probably started uh, what? I mean, I would say 80s, but you weren't around in the 80s. So when you were first watching basketball, this was probably, what, uh, Celtics, Lakers, NBA Finals in the 2000s? No, I was uh, Magic. Magic was when I Showtime Magic Showtime How Lakers. How old when I are you? I'm 38. Get out of here! Yeah. Wow. I this thought you were at least. Mind. I thought you were 10 years younger than that. <laughs> no. You're actually 38. Why well, take it back? Good for you. You do remember then. Okay. Yeah, good. I remember I, everything you were just talking about. How basketball is like totally different. Like I, uh, I like the three point thing, but that physicality of what basketball was. Oh yeah. no, that's gone. And that's it what is gone. made us watch. Like I remember Malice in the Palace. Like, well, vividly. And I was like, okay, I got to watch basketball more. Yeah, exactly. Basketball. Malice in the Palace was, I think, in the late 90s. Uh, early 2000s, no? Yeah, even even better. I was, I, was, yeah. I was doing this when that happened. Uh-oh. So that's right. Yeah. Malice in the Palace. All right, well, my, listen, my apologies. I didn't know you were 38. I thought you were, um, I thought you were much younger than that. So that's good. Good deal. Well, cat's out the bag now. boy. Welcome to the show. Good to have you. All right, we're going to talk more with Jason on the program as well. we got a lot more in store for you, but if you want to weigh in on the NBA Finals, we'd love to hear you right now. Uh, 20 past, 505-6009, our telephone number. That's 505-6009. Let's see if Americas could put this thing together and get to the championship game in softball. Uh, They had that early 3-0 lead after uh, jumping all over them in the first inning. Steve, I've got some bad news. No. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, O'Connor put up a two-run bottom of the third inning to take the lead. They scored two runs at the bottom of the second. They are now up 4-3. to three. Oh, That's okay. It's a close game. It's still a close game. Now we can deal with that. Uh, let's go to Charlie for traffic. 20 pass. we got a lot more in store for you. Again, NBA Finals uh, leading off uh, the discussion here today. And we got a lot more to talk about as Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Continue here on Sports Talk. Along with uh, Adrian Broadus, Jason Craig, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We got a call to get to. Two lines are open. 505-6009. I really am interested to get thoughts on the NBA Finals. Um, and, and it's, look, I get it. I mean, I'm almost 50. So the NBA that I grew up watching, that's not the NBA today. It doesn't mean that the NBA today is is bad. It's just for me, it's it's tough. I mean, I, I just I have a hard time watching eighty six threes jacked up in a game and that being considered the norm with these two teams. That's that's the hardest part for me. It's tough. 
tough to uh, tough to get into it. But for others, they might love it. I mean, you might think this is the best basketball you've watched with uh, the quality of outside shooting the way it, it is today, and so many guys able to hit three pointer after three pointer after three pointer. So, would love to get your thoughts on that. Um, it's like everything else, you know, sports change, P- players and in, in the game evolves. And, and this is what the NBA has evolved into. It really has some like it. Others don't, but the truth is that's just, that's the product right now. And I would love to get your thoughts on whether or not you, you like this product. All right, let's go to the phones. There's Memphis drew. He's joining us at 26 past drew, uh, as a, an NBA fan, uh, do you enjoy the game, uh, like watching last night's uh, game one of the NBA Finals? Yes, sir, Steve. I love the NBA. First of all, i like to wish New Mexico State baseball team uh, good luck tonight. Uh, will that be on TV or something? I believe uh, it is. Radio? Yeah, no, okay. it's on uh, It's on. It's on an ESPN. Let me find out if it's It's on ESPN Plus or if it's actually going to be on another network tonight. Um, that will be... Uh, apparently, it's ESPNU tonight uh, with their game. So, 8 okay. o'clock in the Corvallis Regional against Oregon State, ESPNU will have the game. All right. You have, uh, like... you have ESPNU? Well, uh, I got uh, most of the ESPN network, so maybe I'll check it out. There I usually go. don't go that way. Um, I wish to... I wish Nate Ryan uh, all the success in the world. Uh, he did a great job covering local, and uh, he gave us sports from a national perspective. So uh, much success to Nate Ryan. I really enjoyed his broadcast. Awesome. Awesome. I think a lot of people will agree, and we'll look forward to seeing Nate here in about an hour when he joins us in our studios. Uh-huh. You know what channel he's going to or what? Yeah, he's going to, um, well, hopefully I can mention this. I know he's he's going to San Antonio. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet if he hasn't. So hopefully Nate will be able to mention that when he comes and joins us in an hour. But um, I'll, I'll leave that to Nate in case he hasn't made it public yet, okay? Okay. Now on to the NBA. Hey, we got Lakers fans. We got Nick fans. We got... San Antonio Spurs fans, we got Dallas Mavericks fans, and we got Memphis Grizzly fans right here in El Paso. That's right. Now, my my perspective on this uh, series, I think Boston's going to give Golden State all they want because unlike Memphis and Dallas, they have a they have bigs that can they can battle inside and and make life difficult for Looney and Draymond Green. They can. Like uh, Al Horford, man, he <laughs> he's he's revived his career. Man, he's shooting those threes and rebounding and blocking shots. That's that's what I think the difference is. Al Horford and uh, Rob Robert Williams, they, you know, against uh, Memphis and Dallas. Uh, uh, what was his name? Maloney and uh, Draymond had their way, but uh, man, they got their hands full with. Uh, Robert Williams and Al Horford. They okay, I'll listen to your perspective. I'm with you on that one. Okay. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate the call. 
Uh, Boston plays defense. That's something else to bring up, all right? Boston plays really good defense, and uh, they put the clamps on Golden State in the fourth quarter. How much of Golden State going cold do you think was due to Boston's D versus just uh, Golden State uh, missing uh, good-looking opportunities when they had the chance? Yeah, actually, I'm going to go with the latter. because, well, And I do want to give credit to Boston's defense, but I think that Steph was able to figure out things. Like, in the third quarter, he had Robert Williams doing whatever he wanted. He could step back. He could hit three-pointers in yep. his face he could switch on to him and attack him uh same with Marcus Smart he was doing whatever he wanted against him um and then in the fourth quarter it was really Peyton Pritchard Derek White Al Horford Rob Williams stepping up defensively and shutting everybody down but some other somebody else on the Warriors has to step up in terms of their shot making uh Clay again he can't get past defenders so he's relying on just getting across screens and trying to knock down these three-pointers uh Andrew Wiggins was a no-show in the second half yesterday Yesterday, even though he finished with a quiet 20 points that you just didn't feel like his presence was felt. Um, and, and it kind of brings me to Draymond Green. Like, I, I really like Draymond and what he's able to do as, as far as his overall game, but he's got to provide some sort of offense. If you watch how Boston defends him, they sag off uh, Draymond Green in a big way. They dare him to try to score and try to do something in terms of the offense. And yesterday he fouls out. I would take Al Horford over Draymond Green as of right now. I'm with you on that one. I agree. I mean, Draymond Green yesterday was 2 of 12, and uh, he files out, and he goes 0 for 3 from the line. I mean, he hurt him more than he helped him yesterday. That's the problem with Draymond. And he's going to have that game where he bounces back and he helps him win a game. And Draymond will have one in this series. Same with Clay. Clay will go off for one one game. He'll go for thirty five plus and he'll he'll shoot lights out. But I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if this team has uh, the legs, the uh, the endurance to go with this young Celtics team and compete with them four quarters. Yep. Steph Curry does. He has that uh, kind of endurance. He could hang with anybody th- for four quarters. But I'm not sure if the rest of the Warriors can. I guess we'll find out soon enough, won't sure. we? Sure. You're right. 31 pass. Let's go to Adrian and get our bottom of the hour sports center update. We'll come back with more of your phone calls, your comments as we continue here on the show. Adrian, thank you very much. By the way, um, you know, with that matchup between um, O'Connor and America's, what a beautiful venue it is to watch a softball game over there in Austin, isn't it? Absolutely gorgeous. It really is, Steve. I saw um, early morning photos from Gabby uh, Velasquez from the El Paso Times. Uh, now I'm seeing stadium shots from Sam Guzman yep. over there from KTSM. And, yeah, it looks like the crowd is great. It looks like it's a beautiful day out there. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy that all these fans got a chance to watch this uh, this uh, great matchup right here. How about America's uh, scoring two in the top of the fourth? So now they lead 5-4 with O'Connor coming up to bat in the fourth inning. Oh, man, this game is just back and forth. First, uh, America's takes a 3-0 lead. O'Connor comes back with two runs in the second, two runs in the third, and now America surges back with a 5-4 lead uh, here, uh, you know, with uh, O'Connor coming up to bat in the fourth. Yep, that's a biggie. So keep an eye on that one and uh, see if they can uh, continue to hold O'Connor's bats. That's uh, what it's all about, really. It's uh, Listen, we've said it before because the truth is when you look at New Mexico State's run through the WAC title and into the NCAA regionals, it's all about pitching. 
that's what it is. You get good pitching, you're going to win. You're going to win baseball games, you're going to win softball games. It's it's the truth. And when pitching deserts you in the big moments, so that's when things are uh, at their worst. I mean, you can have the greatest bats in the world, but Adrian, you got to get them out. Yeah, you're you're right on that. See, and especially, you know, when you hold on when you have a lead in these kinds of games, it, it's both sides are looking to win and come from behind. So, it, when you have that lead, like America's has right now, it's the ability to protect it here. Uh, and O'Connor, it seems like a tough group. It seems like this is going to go back and forth all the way through the end. So, yeah, we'll we'll continue to give everyone updates as America's tries to get to the state championship game. You know, Jason Craig uh, DJs uh, for a living. That's where he makes his real money. He also DJs UTEP games. He's been doing that for years. Have you ever had any high school sports DJ booking g- uh, gigs where you can actually do your, uh, your DJing at, at high school games in El Paso the way you do at UTEP games? Not yet. Not yet. I haven't been offered that. Well, you know it's coming. I'm excited. I would be too. I'm just waiting for it. Well, I mean, it's just a matter to me. It's just a matter of time, right? We need these high school football games with a little more, uh, more DJ, more party. You know, they've got the uh, marching band. Hey, but the marching band always has to stop playing at one point, right? That's true. You know, the that's U- true. The UTEP band really hypes up the games. It's really not me. I'm just filling in during them. You know, like they really go in. So if the marching bands at the high schools have the same energy as yeah. the UTEP band, we'll be okay. It seems like you guys are kind of one unit, though. It seems like you guys are all in sync with each other, which is really, really cool. That's just the professionalism of a DJ. Oh, that's good. It's also, uh, that's, that's a nice way to pat yourself on the back without actually patting yourself on the back, right? I like that. That's the very subtle way of doing that. That's good. Just got to be a professional, like the best sidekick ever. Well, hey, you, you make that happen and good things will follow, right? That's just the way it is. Yeah, so absolutely. I do think it would be pretty cool though if you were uh, if you were DJing some of the uh, premier high school events in the city of El Paso for sports the way uh, you do for UTEP uh, basketball and and UTEP football. Have you done other UTEP events? Have you done softball? Have you done soccer? Have you done all of those? Volleyball? No, we have the volleyballs haven't started yet. Has but it? you do UTEP events though, right? Yeah, like- I do UTEP events. Okay. I've done that a few times. So you've 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 DJed those, but for athletics, it is just men's basketball and football, and I guess some women's basketball. Correct? Yes. So it's been football, uh, men and women's basketball, and then uh, lately, I've been doing the the locomotives, like the pregame. Oh yeah, like when people walk in and stuff. How's that fun? That, that's pretty fun because it's a little bit more open. Well, plus they give you, you – now you get – I mean, that's another thing I was going to ask you. When you get to work with acoustics, right, in the sound systems, how do you compare the sound system at the Sun Bowl versus the Haskins Center versus Southwest University Park? Great question. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a huge delay. So, like, for DJing, like, that delay is really – it's really bad. So most of the time, if I'm actually DJing, like I'll have my headphones on. Because, you have to, right? Otherwise, yeah. it confuses you. Yeah, really bad. Or like if they let me bring my other my monitor, then that one will be like my direct. But then it confuses everybody around me. So it's it's tough. The first two years was hard to figure out, but I I, I got it now. That's good. But when I mean, you say delay, who's it? Who's got a bigger delay? UTEP or the uh, locomotive, or is it the same? Oh, UTEP. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. All right. And by the way, what is it about two seconds? Yeah, it's like 1.5. Yeah, that's rough. It's, um, a, it's a good delay. It was like, oh, I did, <laughs> I did I that like a second ago. Hey, does uh, does anybody uh, scream for uh, jump around at the locomotive matches just like uh, Caesar does at UTEP games? Yeah, see, I don't do, I don't play, I don't play it at the locomotive game. Uh, that's a UTEP special. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's, who's gonna do it next year? Oh, oh, that's oh no no they're 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 training somebody. 
Are they really? Yeah. Well, isn't he going to be? He's in school till December. So I think we get him in the fall, and then after that, he's done. So, yeah, you have to look at uh, who's going to take his place. That's that's a great question. Yeah, there was o- there's always a screamer. You just got to figure out which one is going to be, but there's always one. Will there ever be a better screamer than Caesar at these games? I don't know. That's He's, he's one of a kind. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I would agree with you. 39 pass as we continue uh, here on Sports Talk. All right, we got a huge 5 o'clock hour. Nate Ryan's going to be dropping by. Catherine Bolligan's going to talk about some big camps that she's got in store for the youngsters. By the way, now that school's officially out and the kids are out, um, it's camp time. A lot of summer camps in El Paso. We'll try to give you uh, some of the latest. The Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. It's what you expect, though, with these two teams in the uh, Final Four. Lots of offense, and uh, it's going to come down to uh, who wants it more down the stretch. That's about the most cliched term you get, but, hey, that seems to be about what we we have here. That's just, uh, you know, unfortunate, but two good teams. Somebody's got to win it. Hopefully America's has enough left in the tank to make some dramatic finish out there in Austin. Four lead changes in four innings. How about that, Steve? That just yeah. tells you how intense this game is, just going back and forth. But there's a reason why they're in the final four. You're exactly right. There's only one thing I know that's even more intense than this game. That's right. Adrian's Movie Reviews. It's intense, it's informative, it's entertaining, and sometimes it's controversial. Brought to us each and every day by Alamo Drafthouse, Mr. Broadus. With honors for my movie review this time around, Steve. With honors came out in 1994. Joe Pesci in this film. So I was thinking, all right, nice. Okay, we get a chance to watch a Joe Pesci film. Kind of gives me this Goodwill hunting vibes because Monty is a grad student at Harvard. He's trying to wrap up his thesis, but then he drops it and a homeless man steals it. And then he holds that thesis hostage. Well, the homeless man, his name is Simon. He makes a deal with Monty and they have this deal about, hey, you give me food, you give me all this stuff, and I'll give you at least one page of your thesis back. He stole the entire thesis so joe pesci the you know the character is simon every bit of food that monty gives simon he starts to give him back a page of his thesis they start becoming friends throughout this film um they learn about their past histories they're both both of them kind of coming from troubled backgrounds and then you know steve i I felt like this movie fell short in their in its opportunities to be funny Uh, i'll give you one scene that i thought could be a way better where um you know uh, simon and monty are actually in a harvard lecture room and the professor was like calling out uh, Simon for being in the class and asked for his opinion. Well, instead of it being kind of like a funny scenario, it started to be more about like philosophy and what yeah. you thought about life. So it kind of falls short where it could be funny and it really relies on being a drama. Uh, fast forward throughout the film, Monty um, initially invites Simon to live in the home. The One of the roommate's parents, I'm talking about Monty's roommate's uh, parents, they came into town so then he asked him to stay away from the house that at night well Simon got really upset at that and you know refused to talk to Monty for a while so th- this whole film is through the uh, it talks about their relationships with Simon becomes sick toward the end of the film they visit his long-lost son who really doesn't want uh, anything to do with him since Simon had no relationship with his long-lost son um, it-, it wraps up with 
spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Simon dying as this uh, story wraps up. And uh, Monty gives a touching tribute to him throughout the end of the film. Steve, I felt like this one fell short for me. I I came in with high expectations. I really like Joe Pesci. Um, This one only gets uh, four out of ten bananas for me. Oof. I saw With Honors in the movie theater, and I don't remember it to ever be a total stinker like that. Because Brendan, you have to understand something, okay? Brendan Fraser was pretty hot in 1994 in terms of movie roles. Okay. He was getting a lot of big things. He was cons- You don't know Brendan Fraser because he hasn't acted in about the last 15 years, but uh, believe it or not, he was a big deal in the 90s. So it had a really good cast. Patrick Dempsey was in it. He's been in every good 80s movie there is. Josh Hamilton. There's some, some good names in this one. So I get it. I liked With Honors. I'm a little surprised as we head to the weekend. It kind of gets the rotten bananas from you and only gets four out of ten. Well, here's here's my thing. I just didn't feel like it it can withstand the test of time because I was thinking in my head, well, just reprint it. Yeah. Reprint your thesis and you're not even in this mess to begin with. Uh, big thanks to Alamo Drafthouse. If you want to watch unlimited movies that are out in theaters right now at either their east location or west location, you can do it right now with their Alamo Drafthouse season pass. You can get tickets in advance, get unlimited movies per month, all for a low cost of $16.99 a month. Visit drafthouse.com for more. All right. So you said um, four out of ten? Yeah. I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, You know, hey, man. No, it's it's okay. I I get it. It doesn't doesn't hurt my feelings. I liked it better than you, but I saw it in the theaters in 94, and you got to realize something. It got killed with the reviews. Like, really? Now, the audience loved it. The audience gave an average 7 out of 10. 73% wow. audience score. The tomato meter, 19%. Ooh, man. So they, they didn't like it like me. It got buried. on the, but, but, I mean, but, but the people that did watch it liked it. So I was, I was more inclined to the 7 uh, than I was the, the 4. But it's okay. It's what it's all about. I like this segment. Hey, uh, one bit of trivia. Claudia Haro, who played Marty, who is the girl who asked Simon to dance when they go to that party, that college party, she was actually married to Joe Pesci. So it's really? kind of funny. That is, that's a cool little piece of trivia. Yeah. Thank you very much. Got you. All right. Uh, good week. Good week of movies. I'm ready for the weekend. I'm, you're going to be loading up on oh, movies, I'm, I'm sure. I'm loading up on the movies. I'm going to have them all ready for next week. You're going to go see the new Top Gun this weekend? I, I want to see Maverick so bad. You I, I really want to see It's a winner. It. Oh, I think Jason's seen it. It's a winner. So amazing. It is so amazing. So I agree. Amazing. People are saying it's like the best movie of the year. It's one of the best sequels I've ever seen. They did it right. Yes, wow. they did. So... And, and Tom Cruise is a part of it. That's even more amazing. All right. Hey, we've got one uh, hour in the books. we got a big, big 5 o'clock hour. Nate Ryan's going to drop by right after Catherine Bolligan joins us on the phone line. So stay with us. Sports Talk continues right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back, everybody. He's Adrian Broadus. Jason Craig's along for the ride. The newest member of 600 ESPN El Paso. Congratulations to Jason. And now we get a chance to jump back on the phones and uh, join forces with the uh, UTEP head soccer coach, Catherine Bolligan. It's uh, summer now. It is, um, it's going to be time for kids' camps. That's going to be a busy, busy part of Coach's summer as uh, she also gets her team together for workouts. Coach, welcome back. Good to have you on the show, and uh, happy Friday. How are things going? As always, thanks for having me, and it's been good. It's it's always nice to be home for a weekend. We're not recruiting this weekend, so I can really appreciate being able to 
just relax and be here in El Paso and spend some time with friends and family here here in in the in the good old city. Man, you've got camp starting in 10 days. I mean, you know, you realize that now that school's year-round, uh, and essentially um, students get six weeks vacation. That's it. That's what the summers are like for EPISD and, and all around El Paso. I guess you can't waste any time, right, Coach? you got to get them in camps and get it started because ultimately, uh, before you know it, it's early August and they're back in school. Yeah, exactly. And and in addition to that, we just want to be able to help them have something to do when they are in that downtime. Like, all the kids are spending so much time getting caught back up from what they missed when, when we were away with COVID and that sort of thing. Last year we saw with kids, like, just the anxiety of being back in large crowds. So we're really excited this summer, like, now that we've had a little bit of normalcy for, for a year now to – be able to really work with them and hopefully help them develop their love of being outdoors, of having a little bit of soccer here and there, and that sort of stuff. Now, let me mention, if you go to uh, the fans link at utepminers.com, you can click summer camps. You'll see the summer camps for all the sports. But you'll notice that uh, the June Mini Miners Soccer Academy has a morning and an evening uh, time slot. And that's very cool because you've divided it up 5 to 10 and 10 to 14. And uh, essentially, the beginning will be recreation to novice. That's the morning camp starting the 13th through the 16th. And then, Coach, uh, that evening camp will be novice to elite. So ultimately, you've you've made it to where whether you're a beginner or you play on these club teams, you still have the opportunity to come in and work with the minors. Yeah, that's exactly our thought process behind it. We've We've known since we got here that supporting our club system, supporting the soccer system here in El Paso. We're not a year-round thing. We're just here to really help enhance the opportunities that the the young minors have and really just an opportunity for us to get to know some of the soccer fans here in El Paso. Exactly right. And that's what uh, these camps are all about uh, starting um, a week from Monday, June the 13th through the 16th. Again, you have the 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. morning camp, and then you've got the 5.30 to 8.30 evening camp. And like we mentioned, if you're between the ages of 5 and 10, you'll want to go to the morning camp. But if you're 10 to 14, you'll want to go to the evening camp from 5.30 to 8.30, and it's all at University Field. And then uh, in July, there'll be another Mini Miners Soccer Academy for mornings, and that's the 25th to the 28th for uh, ages 5 to 14, so a larger group. But if you missed out on the June camp or you liked it so much you want to go back in July, you can do that from 8 to 11 uh, from the 25th to the 28th. But, Coach, um, you've been doing the Mini Minor Soccer Academy for years, whether it's the Academy, the Elite Soccer Academy. But I want to talk about the high school team camp that's also going to be happening in July. And this is something that uh, I know you're excited about because ultimately you could have campers in the high school camp that could eventually become future minors. Yeah, exactly. And really one thing that we have noticed in talking with both club coaches, high school coaches, players here in El Paso with the ODP system and just all of that, that there is kind of that, missing link in high school camps obviously we do our id camps that are one day and that sort of thing 
But we really wanted to kind of reach out and touch another demographic. And looking at the team camp, um, really it's an opportunity for both players and coaches. Um, If we get enough teams signed up, we are going to be flying in college coaches from all over the United States to really work with our players here in El Paso, one-on-one team settings. Um, not only for the in terms of the opportunity for the players, but also for the coaches to really pick like a college coach's brain. Like, how do I run this training session? Or I, I've been wanting to work on this. Like, how can I implement this? Or just be a resource when they're looking to help kids get to the next level. Like, now you have some people in your back pocket to say, well, hey, let me make a phone call. Let's see what they say. Where where can we go from here? And so, really, we want to be able to service both the players and the coaches here in El Paso. Um, and the best way we know how to do that is just broadening their education level on the recruiting process and just continuing to expose them to new um, development. Now, are you going after high school teams for the high school camp or are you going after high school players that play travel ball in like AAU camps? What is the goal for this? Because as you know, there's two different types of high school soccer players. There's the travel kind and then there's the kind that uh, just uh, play high school here in El Paso. Yeah. So the goal is to be able to do both um, and service both. Obviously we will put high school, like when we're playing games, like there's, training sessions and then there's games the games will obviously be against high schools against high schools so that that's not different but if it there are clubs that's the other side of it so we opened it up to be able to do both club and high school um and obviously understanding that there's a a different expectation and a different level at each of those so we're wanting to be able to service the el paso players and coaches um the best that we can Makes a lot of sense. Now, have you done the high school team camps before, Coach, or is this the first time? This is our first go, um, and we're, we were really excited about it. We've had to tweak a few things, um, but I know Ben with volleyball has done them, basketball has done them, um, and they've done really well with them. Uh, and so we're looking to kind of just help continue to build that 915 Pride, and, and help our, our students here in the, the region. Fantastic. Again, if you go to the fan section on the UTEP Miners website and you then click Summer Camps, you'll see all the different sports, all the summer camps. You click the soccer link, and it'll take you to everything. And, uh, in fact, when you not only see the descriptions on the top, the prices are on the bottom along with the schedules, and you can make your arrangements and and, and go from there. So, um, I'm excited for you about the high school camp, Coach. Yeah, for sure. And the other way you can do it is typically if you just Google UTEP soccer camp, it will pop up. It's the first one usually. So that's another easy way to, to get to it. I got you. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, uh, generally speaking, about how many kids do you get for the mini minors camps? So mini minors, usually we top at 100. Um, and that's just due to, like, field space. Um, we only do our one field, uh, and so that's kind of the max of what we can get. Um, and then the UTEP um, high school team camp, we're looking, if we get all 12 slots filled, 
we're looking to use three different fields. Um, and so kind of renting that and doing that all on campus, but um, getting that all filled out. So 12, cam- 12 slots for the high school is what we're looking for. And then 100, it would be max capacity for our um, mini minors and our elite. I think the exciting part is you, you mentioned it in passing that if you get enough high school uh, teams to play, you'll fly in coaches from around the country. I think that's the best part is you're not just going to get instruction from you and your staff, but now you're going to start getting other high school coaches uh, in the country that are, are other, I should say, college coaches that are coming in here to, to try to work with the talent as well. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that some people kind of had talked about, hey, the, the cost is high, right? And when you look at it from just like a, a general view, yeah, we switched it to a full 1300 each coach pays that, and then it broke, breaks down from there. But when you think about it, it's a roughly, if you get a full team, $95 a player, and you're getting to have a travel experience in your, when you're not paying for the travel cost. Um, so you're getting those experiences of playing in front of college coaches, playing in front, like continuing to develop your, your skills, but you're not having to pay to stay in a hotel. You're not having to pay to travel outside and that sort of thing. So um, hopefully that, that's a reasonable thing for, for the people in El Paso. Do you find that, uh, not high school, because I'm sure high school we're talking about uh, high school girls soccer, but when you do the mini minors, do you find it to get some boys and girls together? Yes, um, and I think it works really well. Um, obviously, when we start to get to the elite, sometimes we split them. Um, but at the younger ages, like everybody's still developing, and so it really typically works really well. What we will do is if there's an elite kid, um, say there's a seven-year-old that's just way better than the rest of the seven-year-olds, maybe we bump them up into the eight-year-old group, right, so that they're feeling that. Now, sometimes they're like, no, I want to stay with my friends. I want to stay with this group, which is fine, too. We really want to make it an opportunity and an atmosphere that really suits their needs. I love it. And by the way, I, I sh- I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that on the 15th of September, your 915 game as part of that 915 initiative is going to be against FIU, but you actually get to play on September 15th. So 915 on 915. It's, it's nice the way the schedule works out this year, isn't it, Coach? It was because it really, like, if I'm being 100% honest, wasn't even something that we thought about. It's just our whole first conference game, and we wanted a big crowd. And then we were like, wait, it's 915. Like, obviously, this is going to be the best best of both worlds. Um, having a big crowd to bring out um, comp- the start of conference play with FIU. And so it's just going to be really exciting opportunity. Fantastic. Listen, we enjoyed the time, Coach. Thank you for calling in, and uh, good luck with the uh, the camps, and uh, look forward to the chance we get to have uh, when we get you back on the show before the season starts. Perfect. I love it, and love continuing to hear all of the good um, that we're doing out in the like the rest of Texas. I love hearing about softball and all of that sort of stuff, so keep up the good work. You too, and by the way, you're going to be on a caravan here soon enough. You'll be traveling with the uh, UTEP caravan. I'm going to meet, for sure, I'm going to be out at the um, the, the outlet, outlet shops. 
Yep, I'm going to be at the outlet shops for sure, and then I plan to be at the Chihuahuas game. Nice. Um, so those are the two that I know I'm scheduled in for. The rest kind of fall when I'm going to be out of town, but um, look forward to being and meeting more Miners fans um, and really just connecting with El Paso and the Borderland. Excellent, excellent. Coach, appreciate it again. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon enough. You have a great rest of your weekend. Catherine Bolligan. Head coach, UTEP Soccer, joining us here. 15 past the hour. Charlie One is back with traffic. And then Nate Ryan will be stopping in. Looking forward to seeing the uh, KVIA sportscaster who will be heading out to San Antonio. We'll talk to him next. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. That's fine. That, that works. I've got a, a throwback, a Randy Macho Man Savage t-shirt that I wear from time to time. The purple one. You ever seen that one? Yes, From I the have. 80s? Yeah. yeah, I've got that. That's good stuff. Nate Ryan is here with us right now. Our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Nate is leaving. He just got here, folks. He just arrived oh, three years ago. I mean, team time flies. It's unbelievable. And now Nate is on his way uh, to San Antonio. His last show is going to be this weekend. And uh, I'm a little disappointed I was expecting you to bring some za with you when you showed up today. There's no za here, so that was one of the first interviews we did together on, uh, on on it was either FaceTime or Zoom. We we brought up the whole pizza thing, and you mentioned the za, and I thought that was hilarious. I'd never heard that before, and now since then I've heard it quite a bit. But uh, you are the master of the za, and now you're leaving us. What's going on, master of the za? That's because that, that's actually I remember that interview well. It was during the pandemic. Uh, I was promoting, promoting a story I did on uh, Bill McAtee, a sportscaster who left right. here once upon a time. But uh, that's one of the, my favorite interviews I've ever done. But yes, uh, no, you, you said you, short time, three years. For me, I mean, everyone's like, oh, time flies really, really quickly. For me, I've been here for three years, and it's it, people's like, oh, it's going to go by so quick. It's felt like longer than three years for me, which, really? which is in a good way, which means hopefully that I've, you know, I, I've met so many different, you know, tremendous people and covered a lot of awesome stories and, you know, f- followed these teams in our, in our great region around, uh, you know, all over the Southwest. It's been a ton of fun. It's good. And, you know, uh, we, we, we've enjoyed it because as you've gotten more comfortable, we really felt like you and Deaver, Colin, were like, uh, you know, the, just the, the two, you're, you're like, like, how can we explain it? We called it either stepbrothers, I think is what Adrian described it as. I said shake and bake from Talladega Nights. I don't know which character you would be, but um, it just felt like that, that even though you guys are both competing for the same story, you guys became close. You followed each other to a lot of places, a lot of whether it's NCAA tournaments or high school tournaments or big things like this. You guys were both uh, becoming a pretty, you know, pretty much inseparable and covering stories around the borderland. I mean, seriously, Steve, you're you know driving to Midland, Odessa for these up in the rafters for these high school games. What else are you going to talk about? You know, you got to make friends with the people in the stands now. But That's uh, right. uh, Colin Deaver, uh, despite being my my arch nemesis from Channel Nine. I mean, he's he's like a brother to me. He's like an older. He's like a much significantly older brother because you know he's he's way older than I am. But uh, no, I mean he's you know he and I will have some conversations privately here in the in the coming days, and he knows how much he's meant to me because for me, I mean, you, all the guys in media here, which is the cool part about El Paso, is that you know guys like you and me, you know Adrian Ochoa, who's in our sports department, uh, you know at ABC Seven, Colin is a guy who you know works. At another station, he's been my main competition. But you know, when when the when the light's not red, when the camera's not rolling, he and I, you know, are, are talking about 
you know, the teams that we cover. Because at the end of the day, to, to start, we are also fans of the teams we cover. I mean, we, we're subjective in, in the work that we do, but some of the best memories I have are, are with Colin. I mean, we, we were up in Buffalo. We've gone to Buffalo, New York, the NCAA tournament. We've gone to Phoenix, Arizona, uh, you know, Lubbock, Texas. You know, we've, we've gone a lot of different places together. Um, and I, I owe so much in my career to him because, you know, for a kid, for me, you know, coming into El Paso, he'd been here for a year. Um, just sitting back and watching Colin Deaver and just the warmth that he showed me when I, when I got into town is something that I'll never forget. He's a friend for life. Was this your second stop along your uh, way or third stop? Yeah, so this uh, was my first on-air job. Uh, I graduated from college in t- 2017, small uh, school in the Midwest, DePauw University. And then I was out uh, as a production assistant working at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut for uh, a year and a half. And I was working on the show staffs for Sports Center out there uh, and then eventually worked my way up to, you know, producing segments for the anchors I grew up watching. I mean, I was out there and, you know, I always knew I wanted to get back in front of the camera. But for me, I liken that experience to a lot like a lot like grad school for me because yeah. I learned more out there from just sitting back and, again, watching the anchors I grew up watching as a kid uh, than, than any classroom could have ever taught me. No, I think that's really cool. We had somebody that worked for us for uh, for years, Mike Tipton, who went to Bristol, then came back. And he worked for the on the radio end of it, but he also was chopping up tape and doing stuff for the TV end just like you. Same kind of thing, except for him, it was like El Paso, Bristol, back to El Paso. You went college, Bristol, El Paso. Were they, did, did the guys that you worked with over there at ESPN treat you with respect? Was it Did you have to earn it, or did you get it right out of the gate? How was it for you? You had, I mean, you had to earn it out there because, you know, that's the pressure cooker where uh, the cool thing about it is, is it's, you know, they bring in these kids, you know, right out of college, a lot of them. And it's, you know, you, you got to prove sort of your worth to you. It's, it's like you have to do in any sort of industry where um, you got to earn people's trust, really, yeah. and know that, you know, if something goes wrong or if somebody's not going to be there looking over your shoulder, they can trust you sort of to get the job done. And it was cool. It was interesting because when I was out there, I did not tell anybody that I wanted to eventually, you know, be on TV and get in front of the camera. I sort of put my head down and, you know, did the best job I possibly could and, you know, pitched ideas and, you know, you know, and then I got to earn the trust of some of the anchors out there. And there's a couple of them now who are some of my closest mentors who I still talk to now all the time. Um, and they, you know, they've helped me, you know, they've followed up with my work down here. I was yeah. I was texting with a couple of them uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, but there's also stories of guys out there who you you have to tread a little bit more cautiously around to and get a little bit more cranky because they've been there such a long time. No, I can imagine. But the cool thing is it's its own campus. It has its own commissary. And essentially it's like it's its own little community with all the people that are working out there. It is. It's not necessarily uh, the Bristol community is not necessarily the best place for a single 22-year-old dude out of the frat house to be living, you know, right out of college, so... But which is good because it makes you focus on your work all the time. Right? That sounds good. So you're telling me that all the female employees at ESPN didn't look at you as fresh meat when you came over there for the first time as the 22 year old right out of college? No, no man. Unfortunately, my my knowledge of mid major college basketball didn't impress them enough. But ah, that's I'm, too I'm bad. still looking for someone who who that'll work on. But here you come to El Paso, and like you said, you you've been here three years now, and you've covered a lot. A lot of things have happened here uh, locally uh, since you arrived. You arrived when in 2019? What I month? arrived. I arrived in June, uh, actually. So, wow, so two months yeah. later is the shooting. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. So, uh, I arrived 
June 3rd of 2019. And on yeah. the two-month anniversary of when I was here, uh, the, the Walmart sh- what was the, the day of the Walmart shooting at you know 10.30 in the morning. I remember where I was that day. I was with Colin Deaver at the UTEP football practice field. The mm-hmm. big story of the day was Kyle Loxley returning to practice after the UTEP quarterback, after he'd been, you know, uh, arrested on four alleged charges, and uh, we we just kind of all saw our phones, and you know we it, it as time went went on, we we realized the severity and the gravity of the situation, and you know for me in that instance, you do anything in a newsroom that's asked of you, and I, it's not a time for sports. It wasn't. Um, I was a news. Uh, I was a sports reporter, but for the two three weeks that ensued after that, I was a news reporter. I was going to ask you if you went into news mode during that whole uh, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, because again, in that instance, you do anything that's asked of you. And for me, because a community is, you know, openly grieving and it's very, it's very bizarre in a scenario like that where, you know, the newsroom, it's, it's very stoic. You know, people aren't having like side conversations. It's because it's, it, it, people realize the severity of the situation and you want to do the best job you possibly can to inform people, uh, but also at the same time, help them heal and bridge the gap between that uh, so I remember that day, everything I did that day, I was, you know, I was a camera guy for one of our other reporters that day. Uh, I delivered a couple boxes of pizza to a couple other photographers on one side of town. Then I, uh, you know, then that night I was reporting outside the hospital, you know, updating the, the lives uh, of some of the victims. But that, that and, and in that, in those weeks and days after that is when I truly, truly saw and felt and always will have this strong, strong connection to the 915 here. Um, and, you know, it, it forced me, and it's another reason I say, you know, I, I, wasn't born in, I wasn't born in El Paso, I wasn't raised here, but I grew up here, uh, you know, personally, professionally, um, and it's, it's something that, you know, I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. It's pretty remarkable when you think about, you know, the amount of time you were here, what you saw, what you did, and as you mentioned, how you feel like you're such a bigger part of this community than some people might think. They, they might say, "Wow, well, okay, well, you know, Nate was here three years. It's been a good run." And but to you, it's more than that. It's, you, you really do feel like El Paso is a big part of you as as you're moving on to your next uh, to your next opportunity. I'm leaving El Paso, but El Paso is not leaving me. Yeah, um, I hopefully it's been evident in my work uh, when I can. You know, I. It's the, because that's the unique part about this community is that it's so big. There's so many people that live here, right? Mm-hmm. And in the media, you know, we people here are very invested in the media as, as as opposed to, you know, other cities of similar sizes. You know, the population here of El Paso is comparative to that of like Boston, you know. But, you know, in Boston, you get your stuff from like nationally or like in, especially in sports. You want to talk Celtics, you can just go on ESPN. Here, yeah. you know, we're, you, you feel a heightened sense of responsibility, and it strengthens that that bond with the viewer and, and with the fan. More with Nate Ryan. In fact, Adrian has a million questions for you. I can tell he's just been writing them down, taking notes. So we'll do that in a moment. Adrian's chomping at We're the bit. We're wearing the same shirt today. You guys are. That's you got right. the memo. Congratulations. Like, matching, like, is he wearing? Is he wearing the eighteen thirty six boots? I wish. I no. You got to hook yeah, him up before he leaves. Not. No, I I, I'm not going to get one of those. I, no, I, I don't have that kind of clout. Have you Have you seen those boots? Those are Those, those are money right are there. Those are cool. You got yeah. some fire boots, Steve. Come I on. Do. Those my boots are unbelievable. My my boots are fantastic. <laughs> it's unreal. So we'll talk more about that in a moment. Nate Ryan here with us uh, in our Lubingo studios. If you want to get in and and uh, wish him well, you can nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. That's five zero five six zero zero nine. First though, Mister Broad. Sports Center's next.
Uh, I know you've got questions for Nate Ryan. Um, man, there's so many things that I want to ask him about. Because did you notice, Adrian, how he kind of hinted during the first segment that in a, in a very subtle way, he was kind of hoping to meet Mrs. Ryan here in El Paso, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> oh, boy. You, did you hear well, that? Well, wait. There's, there's a window still. we oh, got a couple gosh. days still, Come Steve. on now. Let's... I mean, when, is, when, when do you officially leave town? Uh, I leave town officially next Friday. So, so we, have, we actually have a week? There you go. That's I mean, right. if you want to, if you want to give me a hug, punch, strange, me, punch me in the face, you can or, do any of that. Or stranger week. things have happened. I mean, uh, I don't know. It, you, you never know. You never. You got a week there. I'll pass over Nate Ryan. That, that's, that's pretty good. I heard uh, there's this new place that opened up uh, called Bucks Cabaret. Maybe you should head over there. Jeez, what show? What uh, show is this? Oh, that is that is so unbroadest like. I love it. That one came completely out of left field. Maybe you could take Nate to Bucks. No, and, I, no, uh, I never got. Never will. And, and, and show him around, and then uh, you know it'll be okay. Take him to your table and see what happens. Take me to, take me to church if you're going to take take me anywhere, man. Jeez, I will. I'll I'll, I'll literally take you there. Yeah, no, but I'm there, just he goes there regularly too. Don't worry. <laughs> the suggestions here. Hey, I've never been, never will. Not not lying at all on this show. And uh, but I, I've heard to, I've heard that um, our radio station has a good sponsorship and partnership with them. So there you go. There you go. That is true. That is true. We we do uh, work with them, and uh, yes, that is a hundred percent correct. Seriously. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. So if you if you would like do you, so to, you, what, do you guys get like discounts or anything like that over there? Is they advertise like, with the know, radio station. Eight ninety nine for like a plank, I, I, flank steak or something like that. Okay, so now you're two, the expert. Two, Nate. two p.m. on a Tuesday. Is that how that works? A- apparently, Nate knows more about bucks than we expected. This <laughs> is surprising. You know, you find things out a little bit during I these do interviews. Not. Oh god. Do they have any? Uh, do, do, do they sell some za over there at bucks? Uh, I I've never been. I don't. Oh, I, know. All I know. Sure? All I know is it's out like way out there east, right up it the is. highway. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got it's the neon, neon lighted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. What are some good uh, men's basketball leagues that people should join? Here, yes. Uh, I played in one. Uh, me and that tall guy from Channel Nine, uh, Mr. Deaver, played in one at a Westside Community Church, and. We actually won the league. Deaver is so competitive in hoops. It's is not he really? Funny. Like, he's so really competitive. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, if he's listening, you, you don't need to stroke his ego there. But he's, uh, <laughs> no, he is. He, he's a good player. He's a good player. He gets so competitive, too. And, like, I'm a competitor as well, too. I mean, yeah. we compete against each other. But he'll, like, like, he'll, I've seen him and like, he, he gets loud, too. He gets fired, and he'll talk to some refs. And oh, really? To, oh, yeah, and he'll get like pretty physical out there. He's a good player. He can shoot it. He can move. Um, so he's got a nice game. Yeah, so that we, a lot of times we, uh, we, we'd play a little two-on-two. I don't know if you guys remember Justin Martinez, who worked for the Cruces Sun News. I do. Uh, now writing beat for the Oklahoma Sooners. And then Jason Groves out there for the Cruces Sun News. Those guys could actually play? So it'd be we'd play outside during the pandemic. Okay. Uh, it would be Groves and... Justin against me and Deaver and you know no offense sorry Groves but they would have they would have really have no shot. Well, no, um, who's going to guard Deaver? Yeah, well, Groves would guard Deaver. Does Groves then, have any size to him? Groves is a big dude. Is Groves he really is a big cat? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't oh, yeah. know and that. Groves can shoot it too. Okay, um, I had no idea. Yeah, and so so they would bang it out. Deaver Deaver would you know. Uh, we'd get a little two man game going. We, we're kind of in sync with that. I just yeah. I just kind of run around like a little little Diablo and Deaver kind of just you know 
I'll find him wherever he's roving. But, uh, yeah, it's always fun. Sounds like a good time. Yep. All right, so you won the Church League. That's important. Um, congratulations on that. One nation and under God, absolutely. That's exactly right. Um, and uh, the hardest part's got to be your schedule, right, because you work so much, you got to just play during your days off. Yeah, yeah, and we'll play, you know, in, in mornings. Um, you know, a lot of games we'd play, you know, like 10 a.m., 11 a.m., and I'm like, sometimes people be like, oh, can we push to 9? I'm like, all right, you guys, no, I'm out for that. I'm, I'm usually not awake by, like, 9.45. What time do you go to sleep? Uh, what depends on the night of the week, but um, like on, on an average night when you're working, when do you find yourself asleep? Yeah, so because it's kind of tough for me, uh, and it is for a lot, for probably like a lot of TV. But for me, if I'm on TV, right, and it's yeah. game time, it's tough for me just to you know turn that switch off real quick and immediately yeah. just zonk out. Um, so I'll go home, you know, and you know kind of wind down a little bit and. Uh, probably like midnight, twelve thirty, one. Depends if I'm working the next day. Fair you know? enough. And if you go to bed at one, you, you're not you're not up by nine. Uh, well, if I have nothing to be up for, it's like you know. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're, yeah I got you. That's mm-hmm. just, it's such a long. It's been so many years since I've had that kind of life. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even imagine what it's like to sleep in uh, past nine o'clock. I've actually been uh, getting back on a relatively better sleep schedule of late. But um, yeah, no, sleep is key. I, I recommend is. getting like. You gotta get, I, I like I gotta get my eight hours in, or else you know I can wet, tell it the next day. Like my my face gets a little puffy, and it's just I, I'm missing an extra, you know, a, a little extra pep. But yeah. sleep is big time. All right. That's, when you're not playing uh, basketball, do you like to golf? What else do you like to do in your spare uh, time? I love golf. I love more the idea of golf. I'm a terrible golfer. Okay. Uh, I was a tennis player in college, so I picked another you know uh, country club sport that I played growing up. So I was, I'm a terrible golfer. Everybody knows it, but, um, could you get a good tennis game in El Paso while you were here? I, so after I stopped playing in college, I, uh, took a little hiatus there. I was just kind of burned out from, from my youth. Uh, I'm, I'm currently on a 10 year sabbatical from tennis. Oh my goodness. Unless Seriously? My, unless my dad, my dad has the, has the hall pass rights where if he oh. wants to play, I'll play with him. But it's so good just to, just to get into shape and play a little tennis. It is. It's fun. If I would have known you wanted to hit balls, I would hit balls with you for the last three years and just, just to, just to get some exercise. It's definitely fun. I've, I've, I've got three rackets in the trunk of my car, but I have not picked them up in like probably two and a half, three years. And you played, uh, tennis at DePaul? I did. Yeah, oh, wow. Very I cool. Did. All right. Uh, singles and doubles, both? I was a terrible singles player because there's too much pressure, so I, yeah. I was more of a doubles guy. So you're not the kind of guy that when the, when the, when the game is on the line, it's, you, would, uh, you wouldn't come, come up big. You'd always like fold under pressure. In tennis? Yeah. A lot of times, yeah, that was my issue. Got and it. My, my idol growing up, my, my, my favorite athlete was Andy Roddick. So I, oh, yeah, and I well, thought he was, and he was, he's the last American male to win a major, major championship in right. 2003 when the, uh, you know, when the U.S. Open, but, um. Well, mine was McEnroe growing up and we had the same temper. So yeah, know, exactly. Mac and Johnny and, Mac and, and I, we both get a little upset about that and start cursing at people and throwing rackets. And Roddick, you know, Roddick's, I was, I was out there as a kid, you know, he had the truck, he had the Lacoste trucker hat going on. I'd be like going out there thinking I'm Roddick, all or nothing on the big serve. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it's. I think he's at tech. He's living in Texas now somewhere. So. I think so, too. All right, let's do this. Let's come back. I want to find out about some of your best stories, your most memorable stories, yeah. and, and people that you've really enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, working with. And have you got, like, did you annoy people over the time you were here? Like, did you ever get into it with people? Anybody ever just really get upset with you? We'll, we'll find all that stuff out, too. So yeah. we'll, we'll do that with uh, Nate Ryan, who's with us right now from uh, KVIA. His last sportscast is Sunday, folks. So Sunday, you get a chance to say goodbye. And we'll come back with more in a moment right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk, back with Nate Ryan. 
Adrian, just out of curiosity, last time you opened up your mouth, you suggested Bucks Cabaret to uh, to Nate. Do you have anything else you'd like to add in this uh, in this conversation as we uh, say goodbye to the KVIA uh, sportscaster? Well, first off, I'd like to add a lot of other things other than that. What I what I threw out there, um, Nate. <laughs> If you had to pick a quick list, a f- top five list, n- in no order of uh, food places here in El Paso, mm-hmm. what are some of those? My favorite, my number one place for food, and I'm, I'm taking all things into account, price, taste, ambiance. Uh, number one is the Palomino Tavern right over here by UTEP because it's right in between my, w- my way to work and my way home. Tacos there are unbelievable. You get great tacos for 10 bucks. Nachos are fantastic, first rate. Uh, and it's good people over there who, who run the show. Um, so that's definitely up there. Uh, let's see. Other places I like the food. Uh, it's good food at like L and J's and you know Carlos and Mickey's. I'm, I'm a fan of that. Uh, fan of th- those establishments. Mesa Street Grill's got some good food. Um, good choice. Yeah. Uh, let's see other places. Oh my goodness, uh, Alemi downtown, the taco spot. Fire. Yeah, yeah that place is uh, that place is number two, one B. That place is really good, and I live like kind of right in that area too. Okay. So it's I, I only I'm went there jealous. for the first time a couple weeks ago. That place is real good. Alemi, huh? Yeah. Okay. It's like Taco Netta. I've been to Taco Netta. Okay. Yeah, Taco right. is good. I mean, it's not you know. I don't. I'm not going to go there and you know take the Instagram pics and be like, I'm here. What, what's <laughs> up? What's up, everybody? But you know, uh, it's all right. Hey, where's the best Za in El Paso? Za in El Paso. Um, hmm. Shoot. I don't know. So you can't think of it. That means for you, that's not I've had, something. I've, 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 had, uh, I've had the House of Zah, which is downtown there on Stanton Street. Uh, it's like across the street from my from my place down there. They actually yeah. named it the House of Zah? House of Pizza. Oh, but, okay. House, um, yeah, House for, of Pizza has been around us, a long time. For yeah. us scholars. It's I was going to say, it'd be really kind of cool if it was named the House of Zah. That'd if be a I cool open name. up a spot, that'd be. I'd I like that name. name. Yeah. That's actually a pretty cool name. Mm-hmm. Co- coffee Shop, the House of Joe could be another good one. Yeah. There you go. Are you a deep dish or a thin crust guy? Deep dish, full scent. But okay, I'll, 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 I can throw down either one. What's the, uh, what's the go-to? Is it uh, pepperoni, cheese, sausage, all the above? What do you like? If I'm uh, if the I'm, uh, the ultimate pizza, they're about to be like Ryan. We're putting you away for life. What do you want to eat? I yeah. want to eat a large, extra large. Uh, deep dish pizza from this place in Chicago called Chicago's Pizza, 24-hour delivery. We've talked about it, um, but it's just cheese, XL. Okay, so Full just scent. cheese, lots mm-hmm. and lots of cheese. Yep, load it up. That's perfect. Yeah, the hell with the coronary. Just uh, go ahead and uh, go. You might as well. It's your last meal. Go ahead. Life go is short. That's 100% right. Uh, favorite sports stories you've covered in El Paso? Uh, favorite sports stories. There's a lot of them. Um, most recently, that trip up to Buffalo with New Mexico State was a ton of fun. because It was cool because, and I get, you know, there's UTEP fans out there listening, and it's, there's no bias for me whatsoever because I love, you know, both schools as equally. But New Mexico State, a team, we're up there in Buffalo, New York. They're a 12 seed. I mean, covering the NCAA tournament is one thing, yeah. but every all the other TV stations that were up there, you had people from you know the Providence market. You had people from you know Arkansas. They're all there covering the higher seed teams that are supposed to win. Mm-hmm. And we're out there, me and Colin Deaver up there, we're up there with the 12 seed from the, the school that's on the other side of the country, New Mexico State. And But... We've been watching this team. I mean, you've seen that team at New Mexico State. Teddy Allen, he can go out and get 35 at the drop of a hat. Yep. We're like, this team is dangerous, you know? And But going up there and covering the underdog, too, was really, really cool. And then just turning into game ends, and Chris Jans leaves to take the job at Mississippi State, like, immediately sort of thereafter. Wild, that Next huh? morning. Yeah. And Colin and I flew back with the team that next morning. And Chris Jans was on the airplane with us, having Mississippi State had announced the hire about 20 minutes before Jans boarded the plane, and we were all just like, whoa, is he going to be on the plane with us? And he was. Yeah. And 
you know, we had a great relationship with Chris. Uh, and we're like, he goes, I'm not going to talk to you before we take off, but let me think about it when, when we land. And we're like, okay. And Colin and I are in the back of the, back of the bus with the New Mexico State, or back of the plane with the New Mexico State band, you know. I'm sitting next to, like, the clarinet, and Colin's got the tuba on his left, and, you know. Uh, but then the plane lands, and I told my station that we were going to be landing, and this has happened. We landed at 4.45, and we had a photographer meet us on the runway in Las Cruces. And I get off the plane, and I'm sprinting off the plane. I know I'm leading the show I get off the plane and I literally am sprinting on the tarmac like as, as we just landed and I run and take the mic as we just landed in the clothes and be like, we just landed. James is going to Mississippi State. Welcome back. And that was just, I don't know if I'll ever see something kind of like that again. That's a wild uh, story. It huh? was wild. It was wild. Uh, other ones, I really like that Bill McAtee story that I did just because it's, you know, it's personal with, with journalism and just, uh, and El Paso life and how it's, because he's a guy too who... You know, he's left El Paso, but El Paso's never left him mm-hmm. um, because he's, you know, he calls the NCAA tournament, NFL games. Uh, I really liked a story I did um, on Gene Semko, who is the official yeah. replay official for the Big 12, who, you know, that's his job in the fall, but he runs a divorce. He's a divorce attorney downtown El Paso. Like, it's been family law for years, that's yeah. right. And he's like the guy when it's like, we're, the play's under review and like millions of people are watching. He's the guy who has the ultimate side. And just learning that whole process was sweet. That's cool. Uh, and then during the pandemic, obviously, I did like a bunch of stories at the El Paso Zoo, which was pretty fun and, and stories like that. So. Nice. I like it. So you've had a good, good, good run here, is what you're Oh, that's just me. the surface for sure. Good, I mean, good. Yeah. All right, stick around. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up with Nate as we begin our final hour. And then Tim Haggerty, story time as we continue at 600 ESPN El Paso. Everybody, final hour of Sports Talk underway. Adrian Broadus, Jason Craig, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's good to have you with us. So, Jason, you know all this music or are you learning some new tunes as you're, as you're playing some of our uh, hour opens and our returns? What do you got? Uh, I'm learning. All right. I'm learning, which is good for this, me. By the way, this Aerosmith song called Lord of the Thighs is um, it's vintage Aerosmith because it's, I think it was from 74. So it's before they got really big in the 80s, but it's back when they were just really starting to break in. Raw sound. It's it's a it's a cool tune. It's a cool tune. Look, as long so. as I'm learning music, that's fine with me. It just adds to the library. There you go. Um, you've worked with, Jay, with uh, Jason. You've worked with Nate, haven't you, since uh, he's been around here? Yeah, we've uh, been in the same building a few times. We've chatted it up. That's I'm usually good. I'm usually grooving to to Jason's tunes in the Haskins Center, man. Yeah, when he, he gets plays good when stuff. he gets you know he'll throw a little Jack Harlow mixed up with some you know some '90s rap. That's when I'm. Is that what you're into? I'm into all kinds of music. I, I really it depends on the setting, depends on the mood, but I will listen to literally anything. That's good. So there's no kind of music you don't like. Um, I don't really like I, I like I don't listen to like heavy metal, um, like that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really into that. Um, Maybe look. I, I don't. I'm not a big like classical music guy, but I'll go like with classic rock, like 50s, 60s. I'll throw it back with like you know CCR, right. and Stones, Beatles, that sort of thing, and then getting into you know your 80s, kind of like little Van Halen. If I'm working out, little Tom Petty's. You can't go. go wrong with that. And then all the way up to all the way up to. I, and I, I can also throw down. You know, if like if I'm into it, I'll maybe on the cardio playlist, a little In Sync or something like that. But, okay, so you yeah. got a little bit. How about country? I am, of course. I'm from the Midwest, and I'm a white dude, so I'm, I, of course, I, I'm into the country music. It's so great. country, rock, rap, uh, R and B. Um, I mean, just everything, but really heavy metal. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I don't. I'm not really like the, too big into it. I don't have a lot of. Uh, I don't have a lot. Of, I can't really let it out. I understand. That's all right. That's all right. Um, when you talk about what you're going to miss the most in El Paso, because mm-hmm. you'll probably get to this on Sunday when you have your last cast mm-hmm. before you, before you, uh, you you leave us uh, in a week or so. Um, there's a lot of friends you've made along the way. And and I think this is important, too, because 
Uh, if you're a young sportscaster coming into the market for the first time, okay, for you, was the most important thing when you arrived, in the beginning especially, building that Rolodex, going out and meeting people, whether it's high school coaches, the pro coaches, college athletes, and just getting people to, to see your face and, and get to get to know you. Was that the most important thing from day one? Showing up is, is everything, and especially in a city like El Paso, where if you show people you care, they will care for you. Um, showing up is huge. I mean... You know, whether it's just going to like a, a hoops practice, like a college hoops practice or, or something like that. And the coach sees you out there and be like, wow, you know, you, you actually care about what we're doing out here. Establishing the relationships was, was everything with me. And especially relationships, but also establishing a level of trust, too. Um, not only with your peers, but as, for me, people within my own newsroom that could kind of like people like nowadays. I mean, they've let me do kind of a lot of different crazy stuff. I don't know if you've ever like, seen it, but I did those zoo stories. Like that was all something that I just kind of came up with, you know, on a whim. Because when the pandemic shut down sports, I was like, "Oh boy, I gotta find something to do." I'm screwed because my news director is like was about ready to send me to city council to go talk about that. And between, I mean, those are like the two of the scariest words for me in news. City council, city council, yeah. Also, also school districts. Like I can't do that. Uh, And she was like, when when the pandemic shut down sports, she was like a like a lion stalking, and I was like a wounded gazelle in the field. She was ready to drag me into the hard news, but I came up with that and it turned it and ran with it, and it was great. But they let me; they gave they gave me the the rope to do that. If people haven't seen the zoo story, describe it uh, for a minute. So I, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, so it's we. I, I would I went to the zoo. It's it's very it's kind of edgy it, edgyish humor. Um, they're like honestly like grade school book reports, but like kind of maybe I would say something you'd see on like Jimmy Fallon or like James Corden or something like that, where there's a there's sort of like an adulty kind of humor uh, undertones of it there, but also at the same time sweet video because the guy who directed the segments was uh, this guy John McMinn who we have who works for us who's an absolute wizard rock star worked in LA for 20 years and you know he and I would go over there and I'd be wearing a hot mic and then we just sort of let the tape roll and picked out the most entertaining stuff and. I'd look up a couple, you know, educational nuggets as well too, and it was just, it was something that you know gives people a break, takes pe- gives people takes people away from you know, COVID numbers or hospitalizations or something like that. So. Is it on the KVI YouTube channel? Yes, it is. Okay. If you if you go to YouTube and search uh, Nature Report, N A T E U R E, and it, it'll be up there. I had one that aired uh, on Mar- like a tourism piece on Marfa, Texas yesterday. And I might have one coming up again on Sunday night at 10 for my last show. So the point is you like to bring, um, you know, some humor, some personality mm-hmm. to your sh- uh, to your stories. Is that something that maybe as you now transition out of the market, you'll do more sports-wise? Because you've done it away from the sports scene. Right. Can you incorporate that to covering sports with a little sense of humor? Well, because well, the thing is, is in local news especially, like we're, we've got a 30-minute show, right? And the sports block is usually towards the end of it. That's right? right. So most of, most of the audience there – like there's a good chance that not a lot of them are interested in sports. And this is a market where people do watch the local news. So I'm trying to bridge the gap between the people who like sports and the people who aren't necessarily interested in it and be like, hey, that was actually kind of entertaining or pretty interesting. You know, because if I'm a big time sports fan, yeah, I can just go get my sports news. I can open up Twitter and, you know, you know follow the, the beat writers and everything like that. I could turn on ESPN and I get my sports from there. Right. So I'm I'm trying to find a way to. You know, make things interesting for the people who might not see it that way. But I mean, you and I have done this for for years too. I mean, 
we can sit down and we can run through you know the, every team in the conference USA for football mm-hmm. this year, and we can give you know in depth previews of it because that, that's just you know that's just how we're wired, man. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's cool to it's cool to to try and you know reverse people catch people by surprise a little bit too. Who was the toughest person you had to encounter in sports in El Paso during your time here? Uh, Rodney Terry was a tough interview because he he was he would kind of keep things close to the vest a lot of the time, and I was also new in town, and he mm-hmm. was you know he was here for here for three years, and he had a lot of transfers c- coming in, and he you know he was just a lot more guarded with the media. Uh, so, but you know he would always come to our station once a week, and I, I had to work really hard to you know earn his trust, and hopefully I did. Um, did he ever call you upset? Uh, he never called me upset, but he called me out once, uh, because he wasn't happy with a story that one of our other anchors did. I think when he reported that, uh, that he had received a contract extension Mm -hmm. that that when he did, and he told me about it in our studio when I was doing my weekly coaches show with him. And he told me about it to, he told me to tell the other guy that he wasn't happy about it. And I was like, I'm like. Whoa, man! I just, I just, I woke up. I just had my frosted flakes. Uh, let's see who else was. But that's was a good tough. one, Adrian. I, I like that he went with Rodney Terry right off the bat, aren't you? I'm surprised. I didn't think this would happen. I mean, I, I was more of a JV reporter, but the varsity got thrown in in the in the after ah, the first year. the and varsity line, yeah. very nice. I didn't, I didn't very have any, nice. I didn't have any relationship with Doug Martin. I did not. I just didn't have one with him. You don't know the varsity line, JV, do you? No, you don't know that. No. All right. So, uh, Adrian, let's give him the backstory so he understands that. Um, I think it was after year one. We weren't necessarily critical. We just said the season was over. We, we I mean, I thought we were very fair after the first season. And I, he had a postseason interview and, and press conference, Coach Terry, and talked about how the JV team um, he had to deal with the entire first year, and he's ready to get the varsity in. Which, which um, you know, it's Bryson Williams, Sule Boom, guys who sat out that first year uh, who are going to be eligible that next year. So he felt that first year's roster was a JV team, and then the varsity roster. Uh, was coming in that second year. Only time I've ever heard anybody refer to his current his team as the JV yeah, and then the uh, uh, team waiting as the varsity that's waiting tough. to play. That's tough. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that was on that was on that was before you arrived. That was like a year before you got here. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think about like other people who. Uh, I know there was uh, there was a story about one of the SIDs for New Mexico State. Just I don't think he liked me because he didn't like some of the guys that worked at our station before, and right. I was just I was just guilty by association in that regard. So Not everybody's yeah. going to like the station. That's, that's just that's, that's just cool. that's just the way it is. So my advice to you is, eh, don't worry about it. Just do your job, and uh, you can't worry about people liking you or not liking you. Yeah. You just got to do the job, right? And by the way, you're going to a city in which the sports dean is Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure you are you can't wait until the first time you get a chance to meet Pop. Guy's going to love me. He, I mean, Adrian, I'm saying the same I wonder, thing. I wonder, I, I wonder, I wonder if he this. listens to Jack Harlow. Then we could both bump that and, and post it up. So. I, I didn't hear a word we you guys said. <laughs> Nate, Imagine said? when Nate Ryan meets Greg Popovich. For the first time. Oh man, I can't fun. wait! You guys are gonna me- um, definitely mesh for yeah, he's, sure. He's gonna love my red pants that I wear in the, the press conferences. Well, you guys should you should try to take him out for some za when you first get there and see how it works and know, go from I there. Won't, I won't know where to go with for the. He'll za. know where. He'll tell you where to go. I'm sure in all the years he's been there. No, he's probably more of a like red wine and uh, I don't know if it's steak oh, yeah. or yeah, yeah, or, or but sure. that seems to be his. I always think I see him after games drinking wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that? I think that he's a bit of a connoisseur with it, but I think I so mean, too. Back, back here to El Paso, I mean, the, the coaches here have all been, every single one of them, honestly, have just been 
tremendously open and welcome welcome to me and and all the viewers have just been tremendous again i mean i'll get into it more on on sunday but just the people have reached out in the last 24 hours i mean like it's I, i've said it a million times but i, I wasn't ra- i wasn't born here wasn't raised here but you know i grew up here and you know the el paso is always coming with me wherever i go will so. you cry on saturday on I'm, I'm i'm concerned that i will i i, I have get emotional i haven't yet i'm an emotional guy do have you ever cried on set before cried on set before i've not Nope. Okay, so this don't be like, embarrassed. No, it's perfectly I no, normal. I have not cried on set before. I have not cried on set before. Nope. Hey, if you get emotional, there's nothing wrong with that. No, we, we, uh, yeah. We've seen it before. That's yeah. that's raw emotion. That mm-hmm. that's actually a pretty good thing. Yeah, and it's like I'm I, I'm scared. I will. But, it speaks like, to fine. how much you love El Paso. I love it, man. I love it, Damo. It's great. And when people think about you and they and they remember Nate Ryan years from now as you know you've gone on to other things and who knows where you'll be the next three to five years you could be out of San Antonio someplace else how do you want to be remembered uh, for the time you were here in El Paso uh as a guy who uh you know had a lot of fun and and mostly it's the people who who weren't as I said the people who weren't interested in sports and it was the people like I don't care if you like sports or not. He could make something interesting and entertaining for you. He was a guy that you know I could go to, and that guy could lift my spirits. That that's guy good. could that guy could you know that guy brighten my day. Even even if he, I can make you smile for thirty seconds, that's great because it's a lot more fun when you're smiling than when you're not. Adrian and I we talk about you a lot. We're fans. We'd like you. We admire what you do. You're good at what you do. We knew you were polished the minute you got here, and. It was just a matter of time. So, again, congratulations on the opportunity. We're sorry to see you go, but we're both very excited to see where uh, you end up uh, in the years to come because I've got a feeling there's going to be a lot of really, really cool things uh, coming your way here in the future. And, Steve, I appreciate you for opening your door uh, and, and you know offering me offering me a handshake on, on some of my first days here in town. Um, you, you set the standard here in El Paso, man, and you know I, I'll remember it forever. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Keep in touch. You'll come back and join us on the phones from time to time we'll look forward to keeping tabs with you and see how things are going out there in san antonio you've got my number we'll talk soon done deal he's Ryan, folks i love him all right and we'll uh, come back we'll get to hags and story time we'll find out what kind of depressing evil story hags has cooked up for us next as sports talk continues right after charlie one with this last traffic update